What's up, guys? Welcome back to your fourth favorite FC Dallas podcast, the <laughs> That FCD Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Duell. I am joined by my co-host, the great Joe Martinez. Joe, how's it going? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good for a, a what does it say, Thursday after a loss. So I'm doing okay, considering, you know, all that's going on with the world. <laughs> Uh yeah, we got uh we got got plenty to talk about. Um this was probably the easiest episode to record in terms yep. of thinking up material to discuss. Uh usually I tweet out before we do an episode uh for fan questions and stuff like that. This one um I felt it wasn't really necessary just because I knew that we had a lot to talk about to where we wouldn't be really running low on things, so uh, we'll make sure for the next episode to have the fan questions stuff come back. Hopefully, there's more positive things to talk about. Um, <laughs> we will be getting into the uh, the elephant in the room, so to say, later. But there was a soccer game played last night, uh, which is easy to forget. And there was a soccer game played with fans. Yep, people at the stadium. Which is, it's crazy, um, considering the buildup to the game, what the discussion was, that it almost seems like the fact that there were fans at the game and that FC Dallas was the first, quote, major league team to play a sporting event in front of spectators almost became secondary news. <laughs> um, we, Like I said, we'll get into what is maybe, uh, I'd say it's probably pretty close, but what's probably the biggest talking point. Um so like I said, there was a game last night. People were allowed. Um, I did attend. Uh, I know that there are plenty of people that did not attend either just because it was a weeknight, which drives a lot of people away anyway. And then also a lot of people didn't feel safe, which is completely fine. I completely understand that. The term safe is a very subjective word. And what some view as safe others might not you know i i no one can tell i can't tell joe what is safe he can't tell me what's safe maybe we have different perspectives on what's safe some people drive really fast that's not my thing <laughs> but uh well i guess it's illegal so maybe that's not a yeah great <laughs> great uh what, what, what you're saying is there's levels to this like for yeah. example you went to the game but i chose not to go to the game because you know, we felt a little bit differently as to what we wanted to do. And I'm kind of glad that you went to the game because there was definitely a lot of things that went on. And I kind of want to know what, how, well, first, how you, like, they let everybody in. Plus, I heard there was a waiver. And then kind of what happened even before the game and during the game. Um, The waiver thing, they made, the way it was reported was almost made out as if, like, you were going to have to stop and sign something by hand while walking yeah. in the stadium, which yeah, wasn't. That's what I thought it was. It's the waiver is pretty like it was. I guess it was included whenever you you bought the ticket. Um, the season tickets that I have, my dad and I go, so they're in his name. So I don't get the emails. I don't know what the email exactly was, but f from my understanding, it's it's not much different than really. If you read the back of any ticket, a ticket is basic. There's a contract basically on the back of a ticket. It's like if you go to a Rangers game. There's yeah. a whole lot of fine print in the back of your ticket that says basically they're not responsible if you get nailed by a foul ball and then oh, you okay. can't like seek legal action if you get drilled by a foul ball or a bat or whatever. 
um which does happen um jesus yeah there's a lot of incidents of that and that's why you see so much protective netting at uh baseball stadiums now like i think the rangers new stadium literally has a net all the way to like the foul pole almost anyway uh this isn't a baseball podcast um so so you wanted to know about like the protocol so the waiver thing like i said that wasn't really what it was made out to be it uh it i mean it yeah they did say that you can't seek legal action if you you know become sick or anything like that and uh i mean it also said the same thing like if a ball comes flying into the crowd you can't seek legal action um so they personally the seats that i sat in were basically the exact same seats i always do it was literally just like a row and then like one or two seats over so it was pretty much the exact same perspective i always have um i think they just sent out an email it was basically like an rsvp thing and all the since they sold a limited number of tickets it was originally five thousand and then they capped it at three thousand and or thirty one hundred i guess and they kind of tried to make it out like that was for safety reasons but let's be honest they probably would have sold five thousand if they could have but they couldn't um oh so you think that's why because i heard that for the number sure was, oh you know officially two eight one six or something yeah it was like 2900 um yeah. capacity was 3100 but they announced that capacity of 3100 like the day before or maybe even it might have even been yesterday morning the day of the game like that they said it was 3100 and not 5000 like they originally said um so you were given basically they broke the stadium into like two sides like a red side and a blue side basically like east and west i guess and um you were depending on where you were sitting you were told to enter on that side so i was sitting on the west side of the stadium like i normally do so we entered on the west side usually i uh, enter on the south side by the hall of fame just because i park over towards that direction um they had they had the setup to get in like i said i'm not exactly sure how it's been lately with the west side entrance but from what i remember they didn't used to have like rows where it was separated by barricades and stuff of um like the metal detectors and all that all of the security staff i was a little bit worried that they were going to have like one or two like security guards scanning or like a uh, metal detecting and stuff and i was like thinking that there could be a really big wait and then people piling up in a line, which isn't great. Um, but no, they had probably four lanes open and it didn't take too long. Um, they, so all the security guards are wearing masks and all that. Uh, everyone, every stadium employee that I saw was, was wearing a mask. Um, I did see a couple people complaining about some uh, Frisco police officers that were there and not wearing masks. Um, what are you gonna do? Uh, it's <laughs> so a little bit the ironic. Yeah. Weren't wearing it. I saw several people saying that there were a couple Frisco PD Ooh, uh, okay. that were just not wearing them, um, which is a little bit yeah. of a uh, foreshadowing onto uh, later events that happened <laughs> last night. Um, wow okay so when you entered um it was really like it's pretty understood you know at this point now where people are pretty smart at self-policing like the you know leave some space more than you normally would 
mm-hmm. when you're standing in a line. You no, know, it's no different than when you're at a. They did have little markings down, like six feet, six feet, stand here, like you do at a grocery store or whatever. So that part wasn't really like anything to worry about. Um, you had to, you know, empty out your pockets and stuff to, you know, take out anything metal. I saw several people um, saying that they were kind of had you put them in, in like trays that weren't being sanitized, really. Um, I didn't have to put mine on a tray. It was kind of just like a mat um, that they just I just put my keys and wallet on um, and just walked through. It wasn't too different. And then they have, you know, they did have like hand sanitizer stations set up all over the stadium. Uh, they did. I think they were all out by the end of the game. Um, so maybe everyone got it on the way out the door. Um, and then, so we went, I, like I said, I went and sat in my seat. The, 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 I think like the first eight, seven, six, seven, eight rows on the West side of the stadium were closed off. Um, and then in like the front 15 rows on the East side of the stadium, all across were closed off. And I understand the West side being that, you know, they don't want, that's where the benches are and stuff. And uh, they don't want people, I guess, being too close to players. I get that. Um, But then the West side was, it was totally for advertisement purposes and that, you know, they could make it out like it was a safety thing, but it, it wasn't like the, there's no, like, if you're sitting like they could have just done the same thing, like first six, seven rows on the West side, but they didn't, they wanted giant tarps of advertisements. Mm-hmm. It was, it, uh, Texas health. I think. Yeah. It was all um, FC Dallas's sponsors. It wasn't yeah, they're all of their sponsors. Yeah. Like it wasn't like MLS sponsors. I don't think, I mean, maybe some of them are both, like you said, if Texas health is, I doubt Texas health is an MLS sponsor. That's an FC Dallas sponsor. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to be like, if you watched MLS's back, you know, they had those big giant, like fake, video screens like all around the stadium <laughs> to where yeah. the ones the ones yeah. in in the uh, behind the goals were showing like the zoom fans and then on the sides they were showing just more ads so that's what they wanted they wanted more ads on the camera for those viewing on tv in addition to the already existing advertisement boards that are always around the field at every game so my only complaint really was that it's just it's to close off that many seats is just dumb. Like when your point is to, you know, you want to spread people out and socially distance in the crowd, but you're wasting, I mean, how many sections are on, let's say there's 15 rows and there's like 30 seats in each one, 150, 450. And there's, let's say 10, 10 sections on the East side. This is all really up math. There's 4,500 seats right there that you just closed off and aren't allowing for people to sit in or aren't allowing for people to spread out in just for the sake of advertisement. Yeah. It's uh, they say it's a, uh, a safety issue, right? Like you don't want them close to the yeah, players. But that's, but, that's bullshit. <laughs> but it weren't you guys a little, weren't you guys pretty close? Weren't you guys closer on your side than they were on the, on the other side. Yes. And right? I, a lot yeah. of that's just because, you know, people don't want to sit on the East side of the stadium and when it's, there's no shade. So yeah. You know, for the first right in your face, 30 minutes or so of the game, especially yeah. last night, it was hot as 
balls where it's well, like it's hit like, 100 for the past couple of days it was probably like 97 or so at kickoff Jeez. and so i did not envy anyone who was sitting on that side wearing mm-hmm. a mask in the direct sunlight nah. in like a almost 100 degree heat i hope i hope no one has any weird looking um tan lines on their face now um <laughs> so yeah the east side from what I could see on the west side, which was all of it, looked pretty spread out for the most part. You know, whenever I during the game, I really at some points I noticed like the guy sitting in front of me was like in front of me, like the row in front of me, and then to the left, like a couple seats. If I really wanted to, I could have just leaned forward in my chair and like touched his shoulder, probably. <laughs> and that guy was very lax on his mask wearing because you know the the protocol was that you have to be wearing a mask at all times in the stadium unless you're eating or drinking the problem is the majority of people at sporting events eat and drink and a lot of people were kind of using that as the loophole and uh, i don't really need to wear my mask sure i mean i guess in that guy in front of me's case he was literally in the the quote front road where there's no one in front of him. So it's not like he's spitting on the back of anyone's neck, but still, you know, it's kind of just the, 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 uh, whatever of it. But so like, if I was someone who maybe didn't want to wear my mask, I literally had mine on the entire time, except for sliding it down to sip some water. Cause it's hot as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I probably could have been right in pretty close to his ear. Um, yeah. Yeah. they, they, someone was said on Twitter because I was saying that they shouldn't have had more than two groups per row. Um, just because, say you're you're the middle group and there's a group on the end on one side and the end on the other side. Say if you need to get out, um, what are you gonna do? You know, you're gonna have to walk, do the awkward, scoot in front of someone like that close to them. Instead um, of six feet, you're six inches away. Yeah, yeah, your your butt and their junk is not even six inches apart. Yeah, pretty much. Um, or in my case, three inches. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, a lot of people can just climb over the row and move, but that's you know not everyone is physically capable of just climbing over rows and stuff. So there were a couple times where the guy in front of me I was telling you about who was drinking plenty throughout the game, so he's getting up to go get more drinks or go to the restroom he kind of did like an awkward look around like uh how can i get out of here without having to walk in front of someone he had to climb over a couple roads just to find a way out um and then my brother sent me a picture today that he uh saw i think it was from a i don't remember which article it was and you could see me and uh, my dad in the crowd and when i look at the picture um it it looks a lot closer than like what it felt like that could just be you know just from the picture but then behind us in like the corner um so i sit in 110 which is basically a section over from like the corner flag uh so the section that's closer to the corner but like the last section before the blue seats that are in the hall of fame start was like completely empty all the way to the top but then the closer you got to the middle people are kind of a little more crowded in there. And I feel like some of it might be from, I think I saw a couple people saying that they opted out of going just because like the seats they were going to get were 
were like less than what they paid and there's like oh it doesn't make any sense i mean to me i don't really care about that just because there's really no bad seat at toyota stadium whatsoever you're gonna have a solid view no matter where you sit really um i think there is a price difference between the section i sit in and one section over so i wonder if maybe they just didn't want to move people into a spot where they would be sitting in seats that are cheaper than the ones they paid for personally i would have I would not have minded, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there who will complain about anything when it comes to their money. Um, so, like like I said, overall, I, I'm not going to... I know it sounds like I'm saying, like, this was, like, a nightmare or whatever. It really wasn't. I felt just as safe, if not more safe, than when I went to Target Sunday morning to get, you know, stuff for my daughters. Like, it... Um, and then the like after the game, you might you know that's what a lot I saw a lot of people worrying about was like what are they going to do whenever the game ends, and everyone's leaving at the same time. Well, I mean we just kind of I always stick around a couple minutes anyway after games just to clap for players or just to kind of just stand there. So you know people were definitely hanging out a little bit and kind of waiting and staggering when they left just so that it's not everyone leaving at the exact same time heading for the exit. So overall, um. I never got up to go to the concession stand, so I didn't see what those lines were like, but I'm assuming it was the same where they have the markers for where to stand and all that. Overall, it was it was fine, but this is what I've been saying on Twitter and what I just said. Like, It can be done a lot better, and it can. I 100% believe it can be done safely. It just takes a little common sense in the terms of you don't need to waste so much seating just for advertisement purposes whenever you're going to come out and publicly give the same bullshit pr statement of uh our fan safety is our number one priority it's like look we all know that it's not it's it's a business thing and we get that i 100 percent understand that professional sports are a business always have been always will and that probably there's a really good chance fc dallas is struggling financially right now look at teams like arsenal joe your beloved arsenal and like what you know they were in hot water because they I don't. They, I guess they use a different term over there, but it, was, it sounded like a furlough of like fifty-five employees just because they couldn't afford to pay them anymore. Yeah, but that's 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 the you know billion owner being kind of a dickhead yeah. too. Yeah, Stan. And, and, and the, uh, and the, and the weird thing was a lot of the players were like, "Hey, we'll take a pay cut, or we'll do this and this and that," and they still just went with it anyway. So it was yeah it was annoying. And then a lot of people tried to vilify uh, Mesut Ozil for making as much money as he does to sit on the bench um which is stupid because it's i mean like you said they have an owner who's worth several billion dollars and owns multiple sports teams including the colorado rapids um and is like notorious for every team he owns for being a shitty owner you know yeah none of none of the teams he owns like stan Kroenke. yeah and a penny pincher and just kind of a, a complete asshole so yeah but in this case um i guess we kind of conclude that it was a pretty decent experience they did what they did but it could have done been done a little bit better um the, I, the the spacing thing on tv it looked kind of close but that was just kind of like a perspective thing because it's all red so it's kind of hard to just see yeah, see yeah. Feet. but i mean if you're kind of a row away from somebody else i guess you're technically more than six feet apart it yeah, there's no one ever. There was no one. I don't think in the stadium sitting directly behind someone. They kind of yeah. like would stagger it to where you'd be to the side and behind. Yeah, it's kind of like you know zigzagging. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a zigzag of people. Yeah. Um, 
fuck i had a point i was gonna say um well, can i also say that the the advertisement thing was something that i was very interested in because because i because i well i love the cowboys and i was just thinking the nfl is gonna have fans no matter what because they're kind of even more dickheads than maybe just crunky and so in terms of like making as much money and trying to like gain as much money back from losing all the like fan dollars that they're going to get from like ticket sales and stuff like that like how much space were they going to use for ad revenue and like digital ad revenue and just how much how much can they like really pile in some of that money and so when i saw fc dallas do it i was like well it makes sense but then when you look at it from like like not a business perspective and like a safety perspective then you can understand that yeah they're kind of limiting the space that you can space out people in by taking up what is it like a fourth of the entire row yeah. with or, a, you like know a, a giant banner capacity almost yeah but i also think that they put well they well they put that there because that's where the tv camera points to yeah the east side and because people aren't going to sit there because of that sun so yeah it, it was interesting but i'm kind of glad to hear that they kind of, they, it sounds like the, the protocols were there. It just wasn't like, just throw people into a stadium and see what happens. Yeah. They, they could have done a better job of en- enforcing the mass thing in the stadium. But that's the thing, like these security guards, like they don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to go be mask police all game. Well, partly because it involves them going and getting in someone's face and be like, Hey, you know, but Put, they, putting themselves in danger as well too. Yeah. And like, it's, I'm assuming they probably don't make the most money in the world, it's where they don't that's not their like that's not what they sign up for of playing mask police i mean i guess yeah it's part of their job of you know securing or being you know the guarding the crowd or whatever you want to call it but yeah still like the same reason that you don't like you or i don't want to be confrontational and be the mask police out at all times in, you know in public or something yeah yeah and that's also the not the issue but just the the cost that comes forth uh people's safety is that it costs money it costs money to hire somebody to do that it costs money to have somebody put out those stickers hours beforehand and then clean up the, the whole stadium just right afterwards because that's what they they have to do so a lot of this costs money to them plus the fact that they're already losing money from having a you know one-tenth filled stadium yeah so, I, I can't imagine they're turning a profit it's on... yeah so it's got to be a really weird situation just for everybody involved and i mean it's just weird times so i i'm not angry at fc dallas for the way that it was handled but then again i wasn't there so i don't know how I, you feel i really hope they keep the 3000 cap for mm-hmm. sunday where i'm assuming they could get a bigger crowd just because that's how it goes you know a wednesday night versus a weekend is sure. different uh yeah. in terms of the people that want to go i cuz I think if you add in a couple thousand more people, you're really, really going to be pushing it. As if if they're going to keep their advertisement banners up, mm-hmm. then you're going to be cutting it pretty damn close to unsafe. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, even last night, I said earlier, I was like, it was pretty close to the edge of being probably too close to people. Um. So I mean, if you add in a couple thousand more people, I think they needed just if they are going to sell individual tickets like they will, because there's not 5,000 season ticket holders that are going to go, they need to put everyone that's, that wants to buy tickets. You can only buy them on the East side and you can only buy them in the sections that no one's really sitting in. They 100% know what section or what seats people are going to be sitting in. I'm sure they have a big diagram spaced out. Like, 
you know, like there's no reason that they should be adding more people to the sections that are already, you know, pretty, pretty close to what they regularly are, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I worry a little bit about Sunday in terms of if they allow more people, but who knows? So there was a game actually played last night and, um, it's probably the least interesting part of this podcast. We'll be discussing that game <laughs> just because the game was an absolute shitter. Do you want to talk about the game or do you want to talk? Cause there are two other really big things. We'll talk about one, the game. One is, one is really negative, And then the other one is actually kind of really cool in terms of maybe transfer news. So, Oh yeah, I guess what do you, we can you hit on, we can hit on the signing they made. FC Dallas did announce a signing. Um, Andres, Ricarte? Ricarte? I don't know, because it's spelled A-U-R-T-E. Ricarte. Ricarte. Because I was going to say, I thought it was U-A, and I was like, Ricarte. Okay, but then I kept saying That's pretty good. Ricarte is fine, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. This isn't the the, the, uh, Duolingo uh, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so... He's a player who is gonna. He's an attacking midfielder. He's the ten slash eight type. Um, slash six as well. Yeah, it seems like he much prefers to kind of play. He'll, like he'll kind of be like a sometimes play a little deeper just to get on the ball, but he wants to get the ball in higher positions based off of highlights and what I've heard about him. He looks to be a pretty damn good player just from this like the highlights I watched of him and just from like his stats and. Sure, the Colombian League's not the strongest, but he was playing for one of the bigger clubs in the Colombian League. He was their captain, and from all accounts, he was their best player last year. If you're a FIFA fan, he's got a 92-rated team of the season card. Yeah, they actually look sick. Mm-hmm. And he has a uh, he has better sh- uh, defense than he does shooting as a as a center attacking mid, which is yeah. So funny. so yeah, like he'll he'll play the quote eight position. You know, the FC Dallas didn't really use a 10 right now, or they did last night, but we'll get into that in a sec. Um, so last night they did roll out the uh, 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it, 3-4-1-2. Um, this was surprising to a lot of people, um, but not really too much to me. I had heard from some of the work that Third Grade put out, shout out to them for all they do, of that FC Dallas had been training a lot with that formation. The cool and, guys over there at third degree. Yeah. The cool guy club. They like, this is one of those things that Lucci has experimented with in the past. Just burped. Uh, it almost feels like it's like his, his brainchild, you know, in a way where he really wants to use it. But personnel wise, I didn't think last night it made sense just because so the lineup they rolled out last night was the center backs were Reto, Matt, and Bresson. And then obviously Hollingshead on the left and Reggie in the right as wing backs. But really for most of the game, they're playing so high up the field where they're almost like wingers. Um, and then it was uh, Acosta and Santos in the middle. And apparently Paxton picked up a knock, so that's why he didn't start. So Jesus started in the... I guess it's actually like the 10 spot. Um, this formation there, it was an actual number 10. And then Barrio started up top with the debut of Franco Hara. And he that was a little surprising to some. 
that he started over Cobra due to, you know, just how much Cobra means to the team and the good start he's had to the season months ago. It feels like forever ago. Um, but the thing is, when you, whenever it comes out and you see exactly how much money Hara is making, you're going to see why they wanted to start him and why they, they don't want to pay a guy over a million dollars to come off the bench. Um, I do think they could have started Cobra for a couple games to let him get his footing because uh, Hara's debut was not uh, a strong one whatsoever. Uh, he really didn't make much of an impact at all. Um, he had like one or two shots. One of them went flying over the bar, and the other one was just an easy save for the keeper. Um, he showed a couple times that he's got some really good strength and that he can be a good hold-up guy, which we knew kind of coming in. But last night was just the with the formation and personnel. There were plenty of times where they just dump it into him, and he didn't really have anyone to play off of him. To where he'd just be holding it up, and then he's surrounded by three guys and loses the ball, and then it's back to all right, everyone get back. Yeah. And it just this formation just looked so. Everyone just looked lost out there, and it was so stagnant all all game. To where it's a whole lot of just guys on the ball looking around and. There's eight guys in front of him just standing still, not moving around, kind of bunched in. And it was, and the passing was just so tentative, you know, it's just all lateral and backwards passes. And then occasionally a guy would try to just play one long or play one over the top, and then they turn the ball over. And it was just yeah. sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. It felt it felt like a FIFA game, like FIFA twenty game, where <laughs> the defensive AI just stands there and your offensive AI doesn't make runs, so you have to pass it laterally like twenty times just to get past five yards or whatever. And that's well, the, and that's kind of my my problem with the way that we started is we played the five three two slash three five two hybrid, mm-hmm. but you said that at, at points it looked like Hollingshead and Cannon were wingers, but that didn't start until about like the sixtieth minute. The 45 before that, it, it looked like both teams were playing nine guys behind half field and just letting the other two forwards from each team just try to play something. And and, and, and it looked like a preseason game. And yeah. honestly, after COVID, after six months off, five months off, and then also after we don't know which players from the team actually got COVID mm-hmm. and how they're feeling physically, and we don't know the results and like the, the consequences of that. And so to me, it just looked like looked looked like a preseason game where people were trying to get their 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 feet under them in the first half and try to not mess up too much. And so to the point where like you know you literally just have Barrios up top sprinting everywhere, and then if yeah. he gets the ball to Hara, he doesn't really have any options. So it's like take a thirty yard shot or lose the ball. And so that I don't really fault Hara that much, but at no. the same time, when you look at it all, it just looks bad looks really bad. I think people are going to be a little harsh on Hara just because of he came in and everyone loves Cobra. You know, I mean, shit, I'm as big of a Cobra fan as there is. But so people are always going to have he's going to have a target on his back just because he came in and he's their quote big signing. He's making Mm -hmm. really good money for FC Dallas and really for anyone in the league. And, you know, he's supposed to be our number nine, our goal scorer. So I think people are going to be jumping on his back every game that he doesn't score. And like you said, it looked like a preseason game because it basically was, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah, it is. that yeah. was expected. I was expecting a pretty sloppy game and some tired legs from both teams. And like you brought up the COVID thing, but I mean, we're playing against a team that basically is in the exact same boat 
at yeah. us and as far as covid goes so we can't really use that excuse because they had if anything we had the way bigger advantage because we we're playing at home in front of a crowd fucking nashville doesn't arrive in dallas till three well, o'clock three o'clock yeah they no, play the game four and a half hours after arriving on a plane in 100 degree weather that fc dallas trains in they had every fc dallas had every advantage going in they're the better team i think even nashville will admit that they just even though, like you said, it's pre basically preseason and there's some rust to be to, like be expected, there just didn't really seem to be any desire or fight from Dallas throughout the game, which is so frustrating as as fans and I'm sure the players are frustrated too, but like we waited this long to play and the whole the whole build up has been how ready we are to play and we just want to play, we just want to play. You know, we're coming back we're coming together strong and then you just go out there and put out a lethargic, borderline lazy ninety minutes. I uh, I love Lucci, and I have I have I've, I have a lot of faith in him, and that he'll he'll lead us to the playoffs this season if it happens, or hopefully yeah. next season, and probably get a nice playoff run out of it. But I think he got today's or yesterday's game a little wrong in terms of just the way the approach. I didn't think we needed five defenders no. on the field to, to start the game off. I think we need we could have started out with our four three three, and maybe switch that off, and then switch it out if we were up or if we were down or whatever. But I think just starting out five in the back and not really doing much in the first half just kind of led. I think you, how uh, Steve even mentioned that uh, you kind of just let a team hang around and you're just going to get scored exactly. on. Because the goal that we got scored on was literally just a calm with fresh legs coming in at the 80th minute, running at your defenders and getting a very you know fortunate skim off of it hedges. Flagged, right? Yeah, yeah, hit it off of like uh, hedges this thigh or whatever. So it just it looked like it was either going either the bottom 90 or completely out, and then it just got skimmed and just went past them. But that's the thing. The game was yeah, it was very very lethargic and nobody really knew. It, to me, it looked like the game was going to end zero zero, but all it took was just one fresh player off the bench to, to cause some havoc, and that's what happens whenever you don't really step on the other team's neck to come out, and then you just let them hang around. Yeah, you let them hang around all game, and then all it takes later in the game, obviously, FC Dallas wants to push for a win. I don't blame them for that. You're at home against Nashville. You should win. So mm-hmm. they push forward, and then, like you said, they just get caught on one counterattack. That's that's soccer. That's the way it goes. Plenty, you know. That's yeah. And the and then and you can see in the second half that we were pushing players up. Cannon was basically playing a right mid right winger role, while Barrios was also playing the same space, and they were just intertwining and moving up and down. And it looked pretty good. But then on the left side, you had Hollingshead pushing up to the point where he basically looked like a center mid, just kind of moving around. Yeah, and, and that's not. That's not his game. <laughs> yeah, and then Paxton do like having to run down the wing, and so it came to the point where it just it looked like we were, had eight bodies up, seven bodies up, but it, it nobody ever really connected. And you kind of have to give Cincinnati credit and just staying on their line and I mean, Nashville being or Nashville, excuse me, I get them mixed up, but they're both shitty Nashville. expansion teams. It's okay. Yeah, that's why. And they, uh, but Nashville for just staying on their line, being organized and Walker's room and being in the rock there and just kind of keeping all those veterans that they have, just knowing what yeah. to do, just, just stay in front. Don't get scored on. We get, we get a point out of this or whatever. And FC Dallas just kind of looked like they didn't really have as that many ideas until after one, after Paxson came on, 
before that it was there was no creativity bright spot for sure and then two maybe whenever even fafa pico came on because he looked like he was the only one that was like really really trying and making runs and sprinting for the ball and picking the ball up when it was out of the bounds to continue to play on but yeah pico pico made an impact and it was everyone in the crowd around me kept commenting on like wow like this guy really wants it so where he came on I've said before that I think his best role for this team is a super sub. And last night he came on and was running all over the place. There were a couple of times that probably wasn't caught on TV. Like I said, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't watch the game back, but where he's just literally screaming for the ball, like, give it to me, give it to me. He's standing on the touchline and everyone else yep. is all slow and kind of walking around the ball. He takes the ball and immediately he's running at guys and trying to make things happen, which is yeah, there exactly was a play- what you want. Yeah, sorry. There was a play where I think it was either Tessman or or Hollingshead, I couldn't remember, picks up the ball just before Hatfield looks up and Pico's on the sideline like, hey, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. I have a little bit of space here and I'm about to make a run or something. He waits, he waits, he waits. And then mm-hmm. he doesn't even pass it to Pico. He passes it to the left, gets the ball back, then passes it to Pico, who makes a run. And yeah. I'm like, those are those types of moments where you pick up the ball, you look up, you play it to the guy to the right, and then you can start something. And then you have space to do something because because at that point there isn't nine guys behind the ball there's only six yeah and so that was just kind of the small things in the game where like you just know that they a lot of better. slow ball movement instead of yeah. playing one two touches mm-hmm. make make a nashville run uh but it's just yeah it was a frustrating night um like I, i'm assuming you probably feel the same it's nothing to you know jump off the cliff about no, uh it, just first yeah. game back i mean what better chance do you have to right your wrongs than literally playing the exact same team four days later, um, yep. same place. Uh, they've they've got to get it right then. Uh, I'm sure that Lucci did, I'll give him credit. He did admit that he got it wrong tactically, but he did also say that he would do it again. Like at another time, I believe that the five, three slash three, five, two can be effective. Uh, against certain teams and in certain matchups, maybe in games where you're playing against teams that want the ball or you're on the road. Like, I think they played that formation. I think they played it in the game against Seattle in the playoffs. Um, But when you're at home against a team that is 100% a lesser team than you, you play, you stick to your guns, you stick to your game plan to what's worked for you and just go for it. Yeah. But um, like I said, back at it Sunday, I would expect probably some changes. Maybe, hopefully, Paxton can start. Jesus didn't look very good last night. Uh, I still, I just, I don't, I don't like him as a ten. Um, I think if anyone is fit to play that second striker next to Hara or Cobra in a three-five-two, it's probably Jesus. But then you have the problem of what do you do with uh, with Mikey? And the, like, what I like about the four-three-three is that. FC Dallas's best plan going forward is just overloading the wing and playing with, you know, Reggie and Mikey both running at a fullback and their overlaps and they're, they play really well off each other. They seem to, you know, have a really good understanding. And then same thing on the left with whoever's playing there and Ryan to where that's the way FC Dallas has been successful. And in that formation, you're kind of pushing Mikey central. And then later in the game, whenever you saw FC Dallas start to create some chances, it kind of came from that getting the ball wide and then getting crossed in the box. There were a couple plays where it came really close, uh, except for some big clearances. And then I think Walker Zimmerman had that huge block on that Cobra shot late in the game. But 
FC Dallas, lo- FC Dallas loses 1-0 in their return of the MLS's back-back uh, season. That's what I'm calling the co- it. The, the COVID, COVID Classico, the Quarantine yeah. Cup, uh, the Corona Challenge, whatever you, whatever, <laughs> whatever pun you have for it. Um, so, like I said, we would be addressing the, quote, elephant in the room. Um I just want to start off by saying that I know that this is a polarizing um, topic and that maybe not everyone listening will agree with what I have to say, but in all honesty, I don't really give a shit. Um, it's, It's something that I feel like needs to be addressed because this is an FC Dallas podcast and this is literally the biggest story that maybe... FC Dallas has had, I mean, FC Dallas has been trending like three times in the last like couple of months, and each one of them has been for bad things. First, it was fucking half our team gets COVID. Uh, and then it's the, we're having fans. Yeah. And now we've got, now we've, yeah, now we've got Anthem Gate. Um, to where, so like I said, like this was expected going in. Like we knew if anyone watched MLS's back, you saw the they every single game they would take a minute or take I don't know how long they do, but right before the ref would blow a first whistle where every player would take a knee and then he'd blow a second whistle and that was the kickoff whistle. They didn't play anthems at MLS's back because MLS's policy was that they weren't gonna play the anthem at games where there aren't fans and they would play the anthem at games where there are fans. Whether they should play the anthem, personally, I don't. I've always thought it's kind of weird that uh, we play the American national anthem before games with two teams from America. Um, I think national anthems are cool whenever it's an international game. It does make sense. That's and kind of fun. I've been to U.S. national team games, and it is the national anthem. Then it feels really cool, you know. It, like, yeah, you, it does. You like going to international international soccer is my favorite thing in the world even if it's just friendlies or gold cup or whatever, it, it's my favorite thing just because, you know, it's, I don't know, the, the international aspect of sports is cool. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see the point in playing the national anthem where two teams are from the same country. But um, so national anthem plays, it starts. And as soon as the music starts playing, they just had music playing since they didn't, I guess they didn't have a singer for the national anthem. Um, everyone on both teams takes a knee and the benches and everything. I did see one guy in the, uh, the Nashville, a coach on the Nashville bench stayed standing. It was a couple of coaches from the Nashville bench. They just, they just, they, uh, they were standing, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Not everyone, you know, believes that this is the, quote correct way to protest if there is a correct way to protest which i don't think there is um uh or you know some people have you know they say for religious reasons they don't believe in it um but all the players on both teams (laughs) okay yeah uh i'll I'll get into that more in a sec uh all both players all players on both teams take a knee and as soon as they did there was reggie put his fists up by the way which is Good I think there saw a couple guys doing it. Was he the only one? Yeah. Um, I saw a I know couple, f- but I, just, I remember him on the frame. It was I saw Pico doing it, I think, on the bench. But, I mean, that's not surprising. We've all seen, if you've seen Fafa Pico's Twitter, he's been very mm-hmm. outspoken. He's very active. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so whenever everyone took a knee, there was a small group. Um, I, I've seen multiple people say, and I would agree that it was at most maybe like 10 people. And mm-hmm. it was, it seemed like it was all on the West side. I guess I wouldn't have been over here if it was the East side. Um, were you close? Were you close to them? Oh, the guy who I'll get to it in a second. The guy who threw the beer was like one section over from me or maybe two, oh, at, sure. two at, might've been two actually and up. Okay. But, uh, so there were a small group of fans who decided to voice their displeasure with the kneeling. Um, and one fan, the, uh, the, the man of the hour, um, he did, I kind of forgot until like earlier today, I was thinking about it and I was like, he really did just yell, no, no, <laughs> really? It was like Michael Scott, uh, yelling whenever he turns around and Toby's back and he didn't know. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that guy having a meltdown. He then proceeded to launch his full basically full aluminum beer bottle onto the field. I don't think he threw it with the intention of like hitting anyone. I think he just threw it just out of out of uh, a man child throwing a temper tantrum. Um so he just launched it just to show his disapproval. And then immediately there was like murmurs and stuff of people being like, Oh, come on, dude. I, I, I was pissed. I, I, uh, I immediately told the security guard that was like walking on the ground below me. I was trying to get his attention. And I was just telling him over and over. I was like, cowboy hat, cowboy hat, cowboy hat. Like that was the dude and the, the dude wearing his cowboy hat during the national anthem when they literally make an announcement before, Please take off your, you know, rise and remove your hats for the national anthem. Wait, so you're telling me the guy that got mad was disrespecting the national anthem with the hat? I know. And you know what's funny? I think he might have been wearing an American flag face mask or like some kind of variation of the flag, which, by the way, oh, is against flag fun. code to wear the uh, the flag as like an article of clothing. So that's what's funny about like on Fourth of July when you see everyone dressed in their American flag clothing, talking about how much they love their country and how much the flag means to them. It's like, well, you're breaking flag code. Um Anyway, that's not here, either here nor there. But he launches. So then, what happened? So he launches his beer. People immediately are like, "Oh, come on!" Um, it was. It, it seemed like it was only for a couple seconds that people kind of booed, and then they they realized like, "Okay, it's still the national anthem playing." Um, yeah. And so they stopped, and then the national anthem finishes, and there's a couple people chanting USA. And one of them was a guy who was sitting right behind me. I did not get the impression at all that he was like doing it as a way to voice his displeasure because he was like a probably around our age, like Hispanic guy. And I think he was just literally just, you know, just, you know, people always just randomly break out into USA chants just to try to start a chant. And they're, yeah. you know, I think that's what he was doing. It didn't come seem like it came from like a hateful place. There were some other people it might have been. And then the thing was that guy did it to where after the national anthem, they did a moment of silence and they said, uh, I forgot what the, what they said exactly, but basically it was a moment of silence to honor victims of racial inequality and stuff like that. And the people sitting next to me, like closest to me on my row, uh, said, uh, well, I'm not doing that and sat down all angrily. Uh, believe it or not, they were middle-aged white men. Um, I know that may be shocking to believe. Um, Fascinating. Fascinating. 
uh, they sat down and I saw several other groups sit down. Um, they didn't like talk through it or anything. So I guess at least they did that, but they just sat down to show that like, they are not supporting this, which is an interesting, uh, thing to, uh, stand up for and not respect is, uh, people wanting to be treated as equals, which at at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. If you're against this, you're angry about the anthem or whatever. If you if you're one of those super patriotic people who thinks the national anthem is the biggest gift to the world, okay. But it's also very clear whenever you have conversations with these people that they disagree with what is being protested. What is being what the message is. And if they're, you know, if if your stance is that you are against equality, then you're a fucking racist piece of shit. It's that <laughs> it's that simple. It's yeah. it's literally that simple. If you're against races like African Americans or really just any person of color wanting to be treated equal, you're a racist piece of shit. It's that simple. Yeah. And we don't really need you at the stadium being a complete asshole. Yeah, I don't. I saw there was a guy earlier saying he's like, I, I, unless you're gonna come out and speak out against Reggie Cannon's statement, then I won't be giving you a dollar. And literally every person replies, "Bye, bitch, fuck off." <laughs> I told him, "Please let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Go away. <laughs> maybe the yeah. cl- maybe the clan will start a soccer league. It's where it's all white guys, and you can go out there and support and wave your." wave your american flag with your maga hat on fuck off go do that you can do that you can go start your own league only allow white players in no kneeling can be allowed no no activism at all i almost said political activism but it's not there's nothing political about wanting to be treated like a human being that's not a political statement um so it's when it happened and if you're wondering what the big issue is, go to Reggie Cannon's Twitter right now and look at his mentions or look at the stuff that people send to him and say to basically his virtual face. And what, like, just look at what's right in front of you. Like, just Jesus, because man. it doesn't personally affect you, I'll be honest, I am, I'm half white, half Mexican. There has never been once in my life where I've felt like I was the victim of any sort of racial prejudice, except for maybe a couple times where I was in like super country areas and got like kind of looks. I probably I, I look probably more white than I do Hispanic to most people, depending on the time of year and how much of a tan I have. Um, so I personally have never been a victim of this, but I'm I'm just a decent human being who what's who thinks people of color are are humans. And that they don't deserve to be treated differently than me for something for just for the way they were born, and that like to to people at this point are choo- you're choosing to be ignorant. You're choosing to ignore, like you said, what's right in front of you, just because it doesn't affect you. One of the most touching things from last night that came out was when Reggie said that Ryan Holling said immediately after the anthem turns to him and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for our fans. Yeah. Ryan Holling said is a white man who, like I mentioned earlier, the people who don't kneel for religious reasons, Ryan Holling said is one of the most like devout Christians you will ever meet. And he will gladly tell you about how 
religious he is. We all know that. And he took a knee and apologized to his teammate, his brother, who is a completely different person than him. He's a different color than him. And he told him, I'm sorry. That slight bit of compassion is what people need. It's what the world needs. And I said this earlier, I'll say it again. We, the world needs more people like Ryan Hollingshead or just, you don't even have to like go out of your way to be compassionate. Just don't be a fucking dick. It's really that simple. Just don't be a fucking hateful piece of shit. Yeah. So, so what happened after that? What happened? So, okay. So, um, immediately I saw several security guards get on their mics and like start like, you know, phoning it in. And then within like a minute or two, there were a couple of security guards like kind of gathering at the top of the section. And I saw uh, the guy, this guy was sitting like, right, you know, like a couple rows behind him. He's just straight pointing at the dude, like pointing right at him security. So shout out to that guy. Um, like it was this fucking dude, this dumbass did it. And I think everyone is kind of ratting him out. Um, sure. Cause I'm sure he was, he was 100% not alone. And the people that were, didn't like, don't necessarily approve of the kneeling during the anthem, but he was just the only one immature enough to throw a full on temper tantrum and throw something on the field. Uh, which by the way, regardless of why you're doing it, it's going to get you kicked out of the stadium. Yeah. If you throw a mm-hmm. beer on do that the anyways. field. Yeah. Even if you're celebrating, yeah. you're excited. You throw a beer on the field, you're going to get your ass kicked out of the stadium. And so, uh, Within a couple minutes, they sent a security guard to go talk to him. And I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. There was a, there was a, they sent a black security guard who I don't think he was like a, like, like the head of security or anything. Cause he was wearing the same white shirt that all the other security guards wear. And then there's uh, guys that wear blue shirts who looked like they were maybe like the heads of, you know, like security and stuff. He came, the black guy came from pretty far away. And I really hope that he, specifically said let me talk to this guy or they sent him just to go get he's a big dude too like he was a big dude um and they sent him to go talk to him and i really hope it was just like a all right like let's let's see how how tough you really are and i don't i wish i heard what they're like what was being said between them but just from what i saw it looked like a pretty animated conversation between the two and it lasted several minutes oh Oh, so the guy kept like i don't know responding back and I wish I knew someone who was sitting closer, uh, but it sure. looked. I wouldn't be surprised if the guy was like kind of like refusing to leave, maybe right away. Um, but after several minutes of discussing with him, they the guy got up. He was with a couple people. They came to, and they got up and they, they escorted him out. And there was a pretty good amount of applause from the crowd whenever the dumbass got rightfully ejected. And I tweeted about that. And uh, I got a retweet from Grant Wall last night, Joe. Oh, oh, did you did see you? that? I didn't, you didn't, didn't see that? that. No, so my Twitter uh-huh. was blowing up all game, and it's still been kind of like throughout the day. Pretty much every time I refresh, I got a, a notification. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look that up right now. Because uh, Grant Wall tweeted about uh, – um, I forgot which report. I think it was Nico – he writes for Third Degree. I think his Twitter handle is like Nico MX or something. He tweeted out about how a fan threw a beer or whatever. And uh, Grant Wall, like, quoted the tweet saying, like, oh, Dallas is allowing fans in in the middle of a pandemic, and this is what they do. And um, someone, I believe her name was Melissa. I'll, uh, I 
I would check through, but there's too many notifications to look through. Uh, she like copied a link to my tweet and in response to his tweet, like saying like, look, it oh, wasn't cool. like everyone. Cause like I said, the media were portraying it like, like everyone in the crowd erupted and booing and an all lives matter chant broke out in the crowd. It wasn't that at all. It was a group of people booed and one guy was a dumbass, And then the rest of the people, the majority of the people agreed that this guy was an idiot and wanted him gone. And so he retweeted my tweet saying that they, he was escorted out to a, a standing ovation. Love to see it. Um, Oh, so it was a very, he kind of retweeted it in a, in a, almost to like, be like, okay, look, maybe it's like, they're not all about a little bit more. No, okay. I think he just did it to kind of be like, okay, look, we'll give them some benefit of the doubt after he'd been oh, cool. shitting on FC Dallas all week. And he's, he, I, I fucking hate Grant Wall. His, he, <laughs> why? He's, why? Such an, cool. he's such a, like, I, I know it's, I don't know. He's so, I'm morally better than everyone else and so woke BS to where it's like and dude he he refused to take a pay cut at SI he was the only like senior staff to refuse to take a pay cut during the pandemic to help save the jobs of others and he was basically fired and called out for it uh because he oh, I don't know that You didn't know that? Yeah. Dude, he was making no. like 400 grand or something like that a year which as a journalist is insane money, especially for one who covers soccer. And so he, he plays the moral high ground on everything. And then he's been shitting on FC Dallas all week. And I've been telling him, all right, I want that exact same energy whenever Real Salt Lake are playing in front of 5,000 fans. They've announced that they're going to play in front of 5,000. Sporting Kansas City are doing 3,000, I think. There's been various USL teams, including North Texas, who have been playing in front of crowds. And he's I haven't seen him you know say a peep but he's been shitting on fc dallas hourly for the last week and i don't know i'm tired of his i I did not know that um that's not cool plenty of people hate him just because he's he's such a you know like like i said like a i'm i'm better than you i'm morally better than you i'm a better human being than you because i don't like calling the world cup the world cup it should be called the men's world cup since we call the women's world cup, the women's world cup, stuff like that, like stuff like that, where he has to call people out on it every single time. And it's like, whenever it's like a player is like, Oh, he's uh, got the most goals in world cup history. It's like, well, technically it's actually, it's actually women's world uh, and men's world cup history because blah, blah, blah scored stuff like that. No, he just he's, sounds, he's one of those parties. Yeah. He's, he's the guy that's the, the guy that's a, uh, He's the, the um actually guy. He's the, the, yeah. Mm, actually, well, mm, actually, yeah. He's Oscar. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, Oscar. I don't. I don't want to get into too much. But anyways, so... thanks for the retweet, jackass. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he won't be coming on the show. I don't think. I don't know if he listens or not. But I don't think we'll be booking him or Taylor Twelman after you called him out and said he sucks. He's just not the best commentary commentator out there i actually really don't mind him that much to be honest i mean he's not not great but here's my you want to hear my taylor 12 minute impression sure all right give me a second to get into character are you kidding me that's basically that's it he says that a lot he says that a lot yeah he does diego valeri finds himself in space and look at this pass are you kidding me 
that's <laughs> that's him every time. Yeah, I'm like, no, Taylor, no one's kidding you. That wouldn't be it wouldn't be a very funny joke of Diego Valeri to score a goal. <sighs> but I don't even want to think about that. But anyways, um, so that happened, and then I guess we can just well, FC Dallas sent out a statement. Well, first, and... first let's let's talk about Reggie's comments after the game where he was interviewed and someone asked him about shout out to Reggie and shout out to uh, Lucci. Yeah. Someone asked him about the kneeling and he said that I don't have the quote right in front of me. I, um, he basically said straight up that they, this was the plan all along. They were going to kneel. They had support from the league. They had support from Nash Nashville. Sorry. I keep burping. They have support from Dallas. So everyone was on board with the kneeling the players didn't want the anthem because they thought it wasn't right to be played right now. I don't know if they meant that from the perspective of like right now we shouldn't be playing the national anthem because there's nothing to be proud of. Or if they meant it from the ter- like the sense of they don't want to make a big scene out of this, of them kneeling during the anthem and having all that. I think it might be that just because Reggie did also say in that quote, he's like, we knew there was going to be negative feedback from it. Like we knew that people were going to be upset but he was he didn't he probably wouldn't have expected his own fans to be to be booing i mean i guess it wasn't necessarily booing him directly just booing everyone but he went on to yep. say that he was he was disgusted and rightfully so yeah i was i was genuinely angry whenever the anthem ended and uh i know this is like the stereotypical thing that white girls say when they're like i'm literally shaking or whatever but I was, I was genuinely like trembling. I was so f- like just fucking sad, uh, disappointed, and just straight up embarrassed that these are the people that come support our team, and that this because I knew that what what social media and what the news was gonna look like after that. And I knew that that was going to be the talk. And so Reggie said he was disgusted and kind of echoed some of the things that we've been saying to where people are just, you know, they're missing the message and that how hard the team, the last several months have been for the team with the not being able to play and having to watch other teams play while half the team has fucking COVID. And then they come back and the, the people that you think are there to support you, um, a small group of them, like I said, a small group of them basically, I mean, like I said, it's basically just saying that you don't matter. <laughs> like that it's one thing to disagree with what you can silently be like, all right, I don't agree with this, but to like be so angry that you throw a beer or boo shows that you're really pissed at it and that you probably just don't agree with the message they're trying to convey more than you disagree with the way they're protesting. So Reggie came out and straight up said he was straight up called them out. And like you said, all, all props to him. Um, you know, he could have easily have just given a political answer of, uh, or like the politician answer of like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to comment on that. He could have easily have done that, but Reggie is a really smart dude who comes from an incredibly educated family. I mean, literally the most edu- like the most educated a family can be. His fucking grandpa is a Nobel Peace Prize winner, for God's sake. And so Jesus. the fact that there were literally people, I saw multiple people on Twitter acting like, like, oh, what's who's this guy? Like, what? He's obviously he's not very smart. 
dude, literally everyone in Reggie Cannon's family is Ivy League educated. Reggie went to UCLA for a year and he's he's like he's said even himself, I think, that he's kind of like the uneducated one in his family <laughs> because he's a professional athlete and who's a guy who's a regular in the US national team at twenty one. And people are saying like, oh, this is why he's never gonna play in a big league. It's like, are you are you an idiot? Like <laughs> you you clearly don't know anything about what you're talking about. He'll literally probably be in one of the best leagues in the world, I don't know, maybe in like a month. It's just yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of opinions out there. And and I also kinda wanna point out too that you don't have to have Ivy League's level education yeah. be respected or be looked at with any amount of dignity like it doesn't matter how high level of education how much money you have it's about what kind of person they are and you can't just you know dismiss an entire race or entire people just because of their skin so don't be a fucking dickhead and on top of that um reggie i mean he was hurt and you could tell he was hurt and it's it's very interesting that uh like you said Every giant media outlet, ESPN, um, Sky Sports, BBC, CNN, uh, Sports Center, CNN, every single one of those um, news outlets literally took advantage of it and, you know, put out their articles saying how, you know, a, a lot of FC Dallas fans were. They just, they just said Dallas fans. This. Yeah. Which, and, which is and then, true. Well, they were Dallas fans. But like I said, when you say it like that. And uh, I just want to point out that, you know, it's not the majority of, of people that went to that game last night. And, you know, it's good that people responded to it and there was swift action taken and, you know, things went the way they did. And I just hope that it doesn't happen again. And uh, I just want to say that, you know, this podcast, me and you, and I'm sure most FC Dallas fans and most people out there are going to be on Reggie's side and on Lucci's side. Yeah. And um, the internet is full of a lot of dumb people and a lot of, the internet gives a voice to everybody and so you're gonna have your own bigots but it's 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 sad and um it's not great whenever they they showcase themselves out in public and do what they do like just did yesterday i mean i'll give them because you know there was a game that we were just about to play and gonna celebrate the first game that we've had there post-covid not post-covid being over but post-covid coming into light into this world so it was sad that that happened, and I didn't even hear I didn't hear about it until later when I got on Twitter. But I imagine being there must have been just something else. Yeah, it was after the game. I tweeted about this how Reggie was walking off, and fans were cheering for him a little bit, just the regular like "good game, Reggie" and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he kind of gave like a little thumbs up, and then put his head down and shook his head. You could see how just distraught he was. He was. It. You would have thought that. We just gave up a last-minute goal to lose MLS Cup just based off of Reggie's face. Reggie does seem to take losses harder than anyone else normally. Um, like If you remember a couple years ago, uh, there was that picture where it's just Reggie out on the field after FC Dallas' season ended. He was the last one out there just on his own. He's an incredibly competitive guy who obviously is very passionate and wears his heart on his sleeve and I couldn't I couldn't be more proud to have him represent this team and then also the city. He's a Dallas kid who I I would love if he'd stayed here his entire damn career 
and I would love to see Reggie Cannon wear the captain's armband for FC Dallas for a decade plus, but that's just unrealistic with the amount of skill this kid has. He's not going to be here for long. We all know that. He knows that. The team knows that, you know. Uh, but wherever Reggie Cannon goes, I'm going to be the biggest Reggie Cannon fan, maybe right behind Walter. Um, and I will gladly support him wherever he goes. And yeah, yeah. my yeah. goal is maybe one day, maybe one day we see Reggie Cannon as captain of the U.S. national team. You know, maybe that's one a day. future I want to be a part of. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's yeah. a that's a universe I want in on. Yeah. Um, so we did. Hold on, let me grab my phone so I can read the statement. Like you, you uh, alluded to yes, earlier. Alex, yeah. Do you have it open? Yeah. Okay. So, so here's FC Dallas did finally put out a statement today after people had kind of been calling for him all day to come out. And basically people wanted to hear that, Hey, uh, we're backing our player and our team. And that fan was in the wrong and he's been banned for life. But Joe, go ahead and read the actual statement that they put out. So this is the official FC Dallas statement in bold font. FC Dallas supports our players and fans in their right to express themselves in a peaceful manner. The national anthem was played before last night's match while the players were on the field, which Major League Soccer requires when fans are in attendance. While we understand the decision to stand or kneel for the national anthem is a polarizing issue, we hope that FC Dallas can be a leader in helping our community accept diverse viewpoints in a respectful way as we all work together in an ongoing fight for racial equality. FC Dallas logo. <laughs> so no mention of the fan or no. any sort of, you know, no. They basically said mm -hmm. we come out and support both sides. Yeah. There's nothing to support about someone throwing a beer bottle on the field and anger of people expressing their desire to be treated equally. Like, who are, wh why are you protecting that fan? Like, what? What are you gaining from he's not coming back? You know, like I said, he's probably on Facebook writing some angry posts about how he's never, never supporting the team again. And I'm never giving them another one of my, another penny. Well, motherfucker, now you're probably banned from the stadium for life, hopefully. So you can't really give him any money. Um, so like, wh like, why are they protecting him? Why are they not? What, what are they losing? What would they have lost by coming out and straight up saying, that this this person was in the wrong and that he's no longer allowed at Toyota Stadium. I think um well we have to accept the fact that we live in we live in Texas. Yeah. And although we live in North Texas, which is a little bit more um acceptable of other ideologies and stuff like that, there are still a lot of people that feel a certain way towards certain topics. And especially, so I think Especially in Frisco. Especially at. in Frisco, and a lot of the people that do come to your games are from a certain demographic where that dem demographic may not completely agree with a lot of things that went on last night. And the, so the that being said, that FC Dallas has shown has, that they desire, that they that want, they, that they that they desire, that they cater to, that yes. they advertise to, and that they have definitely put effort into keeping. And so, what I think with this statement is, it's a very um, all ideas matter type of statement but which you know i you know where you know your expectations were on the floor and you still didn't get there that's kind of how i felt but what's even worse is that fine i can understand and i'm smart enough to know that hey this statement was probably going to be put out but the least 
the absolute least you could do is say that we back our player and we, yeah. you know, that we care for about our players. The ideas and all that stuff, you can throw that in there. You can say, yeah, we want to have, you know, right to express themselves in peaceful manners. And we understand that it's a polarizing issue. Like, keep all that. Do all that. That's fine. I understand the corporate yeah, I get that, that I comes with that. I get that. Far on either side. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, like, I get that. Whatever. But you have to protect your players and you have to say that you have your players backs and just like this other qualification that doesn't need to be said, but he is one of your best players and one of your most expensive players that you have. So on top of that, and it not only shows a lack of caring, but it also shows a little bit of negligence and having, you know, pissing off one of your most important people at your entire club. And just on top of that, like I'm just, you know, I, I I love FC Dallas because I love soccer and I love having a team that we can live close to and be big fans of. Mm-hmm. But I'm never really the greatest and biggest fan of just the way that they operate. And this is just another instance where I'm just like, yeah, it makes sense. Well, but yeah, not, you're preaching happy. to the choir. Obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of the way FC Dallas does things. Uh, if I'm Reggie Cannon, I'm. I'm furious. I am so pissed off that I'm pissed off at three things. One, they lost the game. Two, and that's probably the smallest thing. Two, uh, what the fans did, that action, that's not one of those things that like you're just going to be like, oh, that sucks. Oh, well, go on. Obviously, it still affected him after the game. He was still pissed. He's probably still pissed today. And maybe that's just one of those things that kind of sours his his thoughts and feelings towards a lot of the fan base forever and then third your your own team is supposed to be your family we hear so much of the preaching of how fc Dallas is a family we're a community club they can't even come out and explicitly say like we support reggie cannon and we have his back like i'm pissed if i'm him you know like and yeah and in the in the the, the interesting thing is that they don't even have the the site to you know use the excuses you know it's a player safety issue and that's why we want to protect our players and do this they didn't even have that in mind they just knew for a fact let's keep this as neutral as possible let's keep this as unoffensive as possible and then let's stay right in the middle of the line and not say anything and they couldn't even they couldn't even think about saying hey we want to protect our player and use the excuse of like it's a player safety issue not even like an ideology issue they didn't even have that much effort into the statement, yeah. And that's just—it's just you know—it's it's FC Dallas, and it, and I'm and you know it sucks that we're finishing a game with that amount of negative attention, and that we're finishing this pod with this kind of negative vibe and feelings, just because you know this shouldn't—we shouldn't be talking about this, and it's 2020, and this kind of thing just shouldn't happen. And as a as as a club, as a familia how they want to market themselves they didn't do what they needed to do and it's frustrating we're uh, we continue to embarrass ourselves year after year and right now we are one million percent the laughing stock of mls and maybe all of professional sports in the united states yeah and in parts of the world you know (laughs) english-speaking europe um yeah. yeah like you Literally, when was when was the last time FC Dallas had good publicity? 
you know, when the uh, like the times off the top of my head that I can think of FC Dallas getting big national publicity are this anthem thing, the fan thing, COVID thing, or selling other people's jerseys, other teams' jerseys, opposing teams' yep. jerseys in our own fucking stadium, or whenever that girl sang a really shitty national anthem, that little girl, and she was on like Good Morning America and stuff, or Today Show. Those are the only times FC Dallas ever gets their names out there. And it's a fuck, it's embarrassing. It's like, I might have to change the name to embarrassed FCD fans, but like, it's just like, it's, it's hard to defend them at a certain point just because they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. This, the statement is just like the cherry on top. It was a statement that basically stated nothing. It like, I saw someone make this comparison. I thought it was spot on. They reminded them a lot of Trump's whole, uh, you know, there's bad people on both sides. After I think it was after the Charleston thing, where the dude just drove a van through a crowd with the intent of killing. People. Yeah, this is a very exaggerated metaphor, by the way, people. But it, I kind of hear what you're saying. I mean, the, the it's like the like the thought process behind it's basically the same of being like, ah, you know. Yeah, both we don't want to come out. We all yeah, know. I mean it, it's it's playing the line, you know, it's playing right on the edge of Which, both like lines. Which, like we said, we we get that, we get that they're not going to come out and just straight up say, you know, that they're not going to yeah. co- completely gonna... commit to one side or the other, because yeah. like we like I've said before, they're a business at the end of the day. Um, they don't they know that a good chunk of their fan base leans probably to a certain side. And they don't want to piss off a good chunk of their 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 clientele, if you will, you know, like they're but you can still come out and directly say, hey, this guy was in the wrong. This fan, this quote fan was in the wrong and is no longer welcome at our games. And we fully support our players and the message they're trying to deliver and their rights. I mean, I guess they did kind of say that they, you know, they do believe yeah, in their right did. to peacefully protest, but mm-hmm. no mention of what the actual message is, you know? Yeah. They, you know, I, the, all I wanted was just them for to, to acknowledge Reggie Cannon as a player, or at least the, or as a human know, being, as a human being and, or the players of colors and black people that are on the team. Just acknowledge that your players, the people that you pay, the people that you supply, um, you know, an FC Dallas jersey to are people that you care about. But they couldn't even do that. Or your <laughs> fans who are people of color who pay their hard earned money to support you in yep. a time that is obviously financially difficult on a large majority of people. They... They like there's no statement to show really that we care about y'all too. It's uh we care about everyone really, but let's be honest, not enough to really make a statement that means anything. It's yeah. it's it was just really tone deaf, and I feel bad for the guy who runs the the socials, social media, who I've had multiple conversations with, and is a really nice guy, and he's honest. I'm not just saying this to kiss his ass, and I've told him this before. The current social media is the best it's ever been in terms of like the oh, content yeah. they're putting out. So I, I feel bad for the people that work for the team in any department who kind of just have to be the face of 
what the higher ups, the hunts, and what they think and the decisions they make, they've got to be the ones who take all the heat. Because guess who's getting yeah. guess who's getting the feedback is the FC Dallas Twitter account. It's not mm-hmm. Clark Hunt or Dan Hunt. The Twitter account, the staff, the people cleaning up the stadium. Yeah. All those people are the ones that are going to take the heat and take the flack and lose money. Or if the team starts losing money, they're going to be the first ones out. And yet, you know, it comes from upstairs. And you don't want to piss off, you know, shareholders. You don't want to piss off the ownership group. You don't want to piss off your owners. So a lot of it starts from upstairs. And that's the most frustrating part is that at the end of the day, you know, the people at the bottom are the ones that are going to be affected the most and yeah you yeah they, you know, they can hide behind all of them and continue to you know do whatever they want make their money if they're even making yeah. any money which has been proven that they don't make money because they don't know what they're doing <laughs> um and look we didn't even get into the shit show that is uh fc dallas's tv contract and uh the problems Oof. with that there's just there's there's so <laughs> a lot, a there's lot going so on. much to tear this club apart for and yeah. dude i've i feel like i've gone pretty easy on them to be completely honest for the last like year or so i'd say when i first started this account i was pretty harsh because i was like what shit probably like 17 and i was just an angry 17 year old who maybe was trying to be edgy and as I've gotten older, I think I've become a little more level-headed. I'm also still a very passionate person who is outspoken. And I, I, there's so much things I want to say all the time that I, I just refrain from just because it's not worth the interactions that may follow. The club is a shit show. Um, we've all known that change at the top needs to happen and has needed to happen for about, I don't know, a decade or more. Um, and I just don't get the feeling that that change is ever going to come because they've done such a poor job at running the club to where they're not a desirable asset, you know, (laughs) for someone to else to buy the club and want to take over. That would mean them wanting to do so. But whenever, if I start a lemonade stand and run the fucking thing into the ground i'm not going to expect mark cuban to come in and buy my shitty lemonade stand you know it's just it's it's a shit show um i guess we can wrap up i like i said uh i don't if this makes people maybe unfollow or lose interest then i don't i don't care i really don't i don't give a shit i don't make money off of this this isn't my job i don't all I gain from this is having fun interacting with people about the team that I love, uh, the sport that I love. And I've, I think I am glad to say that the vast majority of people that follow me and this little community, I would like to say that we've built are decent human beings and won't be upset by this. I know there'll be a couple who, who will be upset and I don't care. You can unfollow and then go fuck yourself. Like it's really that simple. Like I said, go, Hope, hopefully the clan starts a league and you can go watch that. You can go follow the sad, the sad Nazis fans account. Do that. I don't care. I won't sue them for anything. <laughs> I don't care. And Joe, I know that you have similar feelings to me, that we pretty, we're pretty aligned in terms of our stances on most things and that you echo my beliefs and that we're, this is how we feel. And, 
I'm not going to apologize or anything for wanting people to be treated equally. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. And uh, basically feel the same way. Well, all right. So um, that was a- I, 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 I want to leave with a little bit of a positive. Um, Enrico Arte is going to be a really good player. The guy coming in, he was the captain and and on his Colombian team, and a lot of people wanted him to play for Colombia. Uh, Rage Cannon is a beast. Ryan Holland, Rawlings, Ryan Hollingshead is a great locker room guy, and I generally have a lot of respect for a lot of the players, staff, and people that work at FC Dallas. You just can't be a fan of, uh, well, the higher ups as much. And um, hey, if we're still breathing and we're still alive during these times and still have a place to live, that's that's a positive for me. Yeah. And I feel you in terms of like um, level, leveling out, but there are a lot more important things to worry about than just FC Dallas. So yeah, for me, I'm a big fan, but uh, I kind of want everybody who's listening to this that you know is cool to have a great day, have a great rest of their week, enjoy themselves, and hopefully get through these tough times uh, with family and and you know healthfully so that was all i wanted to add because spread you know love. it spread love because it you know time's gonna be dour um all of this has made has left a really sour taste in my mouth but you know you also have to just put into perspective that there are a lot of bigger and better things than watching fc dallas lose one zero on a wednesday night so it's easier to be a decent human being than it is to go out of your way to be a piece of shit hey guys it's, uh, it's me matt um my laptop died at the very end of us recording. <laughs> so it's probably why this sounds a little different, but I just wanted to close out the show. It sounds weird to call it a show on the podcast. Um, by saying that I know this one was a little bit of a downer, but I thought it was a necessary episode. And I, I think it was necessary to talk about these things. And uh, hopefully the next one, uh, we have some more positive things to talk about. But uh, until then, you know, you guys hang in there. Love you guys. Peace.